Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> I, I was having some serious earphone problems. If you guys saw that, I'm, I'm sorry. That was really awkward. Uh, but I found it. Um, so was that worth doing, all the fiddling? I don't know. Probably not. Um, there's a lot going on, and you gotta, you got to prioritize things, man. They say that you should pick your battles wisely. And, um, and that's actually kind of our, our theme for the day, that, that you got to pick your battles wisely. It's a solid piece of advice, because there are too many battles that you could fight, and a lot of them are not remotely worth it. You know, people get competitive about weird stuff, right? And I'm not even talking about calling shotgun on the way to the car. Like, you know there's competitive eating contests, right? Like, you go to the state fair, they give you 10 minutes, and you just cram as many hot dogs as you can inside your face. And, and people will eat, like, dozens of hot dogs in 10 minutes. And, and you think, what am I looking at? And how is this happening? And why? <laughs> Thank you, Merle. Why? And the answer to the how is, well, they trained for it. They practiced doing this. And, 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 and they're getting all psyched up on the big day. And then, you know, they're going to painfully and disgustingly stuff their face. And they all want to be good at this. Like, by my reckoning, you picked a battle that nobody should be fighting, okay? Two hot dogs, you're good, in my experience. Three if the baseball game runs long, right? And there's all kinds of stupid competitions. Ever leaf through the Guinness Book of World Records? Am I the only one? <laughs> I know I was a weird kid, but come on. Okay, thank you. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in there. You know there's a record for the longest fingernails? Right, exactly. But it's not like they did it overnight. Like, gosh, what a pain. And how long, why? Why did you choose this to be your thing, right? But competitions are only a slice of the battles that you could pick from. It's a narrow slice. There are battles all around you, right? You could pick fights everywhere. If you wanted to, you could find a reason to argue with everybody you meet today. You could, if you want to, find a reason to boycott every business in Liberty Hill. You can live your life, if you want to, in a constant state of outrage. And, and you know, some people do. But if you ask me, that's no way to live. As far as I'm concerned, there's plenty of problems out there. In an imperfect world, there are a million battles you could fight. But each of those takes up some valuable real estate in your, in your brain and in your heart. Every fight you fight... <coughs> It eats up a little bit of you, right? And if you're anything like me, I know some of you are like, I'm not. I, I get it, right? 
but I have this thing where when I have one of those fights, confrontations, whatever, I then carry it with me. You know, I think through the conversation. I think about all the things I could have said differently. I should have said instead. I also think about all the, the jabs and swipes that happened in the conversation. And, and I try to weigh them, you know, like how much of this is for real? How much of this is legitimate? And it just eats up so much energy and time. You got to choose your battles wisely. Now, having said that, you do have to choose some battles, right? You can't go through life not fighting for anything. That would not be wise. Sometimes you need to fight. So the trick is you have to choose your battles wisely. Now, in a, in a, what do you want to call it? In a um, Machiavellian sort of, a, in, a, in a, I don't know, disaffected world, in a dog-eat-dog kind of world, people might, people might think what that means is you should pick the fights you can win. I don't think that's quite right. I don't think that's what wisely means. You know, you can win a whole lot of battles that aren't worth fighting. And your life will not be better for it. You might even know people who like to pick lots of little battles that they can win. Do you enjoy being around those people? Imagine what it is to be that person. You got to choose your battles wisely. And so what that means is not choose the ones you can win, but rather choose the ones that matter and where you're sure you're on the right side. Some of y'all were in Bible study today, and we read about um, how the, the people in the, in the temple were really opposing the disciples early on in their ministry. And a guy named Gamaliel, who's really well-respected, he stands up and says, guys, we need to be careful about this, right? Because if they're just doing human stuff, it's going to fall apart on its own. But if they're on God's side, then if we fight them, we're on the wrong side. So you got to choose the fights that matter, and you got to make sure that you're on the right side. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, and, and he says to Timothy, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Now, if you just lift that sentence up and set it aside, and you don't read any of the rest of the context, you might get the wrong idea about Christians, right? You might think that Christians are supposed to be real aggressive, right? Or even maybe real defensive. But it doesn't mean either of those things. You might think if you just read, fight the good fight, you know, if that's your motto, if that's what you put on the bumper sticker on your car, right, you might think that as Christians, we're meant to be on the lookout for opportunities to fight. That looks like a good fight. I'm in. But when you read the verse in context, it really shapes what those words mean. Before you're ready to fight, it's real helpful to know what you're fighting against. You know, not just so you aim properly, 
but also so you know where to stand and you know how to fight. What kind of fight is this? There are many passionate and well-meaning Christians who are fighting all the wrong fights. You know, it's not the church versus everyone else. People, people aren't the enemy. Literally no one, no human is the enemy that we're supposed to fight. Ephesians chapter six says this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The enemies are spiritual forces. They're lies and temptations that lead to death. And you can't punch your way through that enemy, all right? To put it in the context of our reading today, what are some of those spiritual forces? Well, love of money, arrogance, the false promises of the material world. How do you fight against enemies like that? It's not with anger. It's not with violence. We're told to fight the good fight by filling up the holes in our hearts with the things of God rather than of the world. The beginning of our reading said this, godliness with contentment is great gain. How is that for a battle plan? Godliness with contentment. He goes on to talk about So you think that doesn't sound much like a strategy for a fight. That just sounds like a platitude, right? No, 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 no. Because he goes on to talk about what he's seen. He says he's seen people enticed away from the faith by the love of money. And as a result, he says, and I quote, they pierced themselves with many pangs. He's seeing people get injured spiritually by the enemy within The battleground isn't out there, right? It's in here. It's in our own hearts. It's simpler and it's easier if you can point over there and say, they're the problem, let's go get them. But that's not where the good fight starts. Most of the battles for the good fight happen inside. Paul goes on, he says, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Them's fighting words. Gentleness? Yeah. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, period. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, that doesn't mean we don't look out for each other. That doesn't mean there are no fights outside of ourselves, right? It doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what we believe. But the first battleground is in here. You will remember Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount where he says this, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye but don't notice the log that's in your own eye? First, take the log 
out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. We're going to have a hard time working up the mission of Jesus if we see other people as the problem. They're the mission, not the problem. Rather, it's better to understand that they suffer from the same problem that we do. You'll remember Paul's words from two weeks ago when I preached on this. Christ came to save sinners of whom I am the worst. It's not me versus them. It's me with them against the real problem. That's why the good fart, the good, ooh, my. That's why the good fight starts in our own hearts. And insofar as it spills over into the world around us, it does so from a place of empathy and understanding. It's not about proving them wrong, whoever they are. It's about sharing what's right. It's about sharing the stories of how we've been rescued, about how we have received the victory. Fight the good fight, he says. Next sentence, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. The victory is already there, waiting for us to take hold of it. To do that, you got to loosen your grip on this world. You can't climb to the top of every ladder in this world and fight the good fight. We got to loosen our grip on this world and then take hold tightly of the next one. And if that's not your strategy, then you might well be fighting the wrong fight. You might have misidentified who the enemy is. Now is the time to rethink which battles we're going to pick. Now is the time to fight the good fight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have won the victory for us, that you have overpowered our every enemy. And Lord, we pray that you open our eyes to see the people around us with compassion, to understand that, that they're not our enemies, they're not our opposition. Whatever, whatever they say, whatever they think, we don't oppose them. But rather, we have been liberated from the same foe that oppresses them. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll bring us on your mission, that you'll help us to share with humility and grace and, and empathy the good news of Jesus Christ. Help us, like Timothy, to fight the good fight. And that starts with honesty with you. That starts with rejecting all that this world has to give and embracing all that you have won for us. We thank you so much. We thank you for the surety we have of victory in Christ and the eternal life to which we have been called. Help us to lay hold of that with both hands and all our heart. In Jesus' name, amen.